Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. We have one more list to cover. Remember, Paul has given us three lists of nine items each in the opening verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, which I have assumed is something of an indication of Paul's way of organizing things. He seemed to have an organized mind and an organized approach to ministry and to life in general, and I think that's indicated, among other things, by his composing lists like the ones we find here. He liked to write things down, and he liked to tick them off. And so, he shows us what are nine things that constituted the hardships that he endured as a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ, and indicates that anybody who serves the Lord can expect to endure some of the things on his list, similar things to those on his list, though no one will have the identical list that he does. But he talks about tribulations, needs, distresses, stripes, imprisonments, tumults, labors, sleeplessness, and fastings. We've been through that. And then he comes to a second list of nine items, which are the qualities and attributes that we need in order to overcome these obstacles and in order to to develop a fruitful Christian life in spite of the obstacles, and they are purity, knowledge, long-suffering, kindness, the Holy Spirit, sincere love, the word of truth, the power of God, and the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. And we covered that list, concluded it yesterday with that ninth item, by the armor of righteousness. Now he's going to give us a list of nine paradoxes, and here we've got couplets. Some would say there's more than nine, because now we've got things that are paired together, and you'll see what I mean in a moment. But they are nine paradoxes of ministry, and of course a paradox is a comparison of two things that at first don't seem to be compatible, but upon closer examination, that's exactly what they prove to be. And so we will look at those in just a moment, or at least take our first glance at those in a moment, and then we're going to actually go back and address the second list for the remainder of the broadcast today. But I pause first to welcome you to the Wednesday, February 15 edition of the Beacon Broadcast. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you for considering the financial needs that are required if we're going to continue ministering on this station. 
All right, he ended up with the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. And then in verse 8, he said, by honor and dishonor. You see what I'm talking about? Paradox. How can how can we serve the Lord by honor and dishonor? Those two things don't seem to go together. But that's just the first of this whole list of paradoxes. He goes on to say, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. Now this is an interesting list, fascinating to me. I found the first two lists very interesting and helpful, but I think this third list is probably the most helpful at all because it forces us to wrestle with some things that it, on the surface just don't seem to be possible, and yet we know that nothing in God's Word is is a mistake. Nothing is is improperly stated. There's truth there. Our, our Lord used paradoxes many times. In fact, the whole Bible does. Think of some of the Proverbs of Solomon. We read on the one hand, to don't answer a fool according to his folly, and then turn right around and say, answer a fool according to his folly. Is that a contradiction? No, that's a paradox. You have to think it through. There are certain situations where it would be better just not to answer. Just let it lie. Leave it alone. Have you learned how to do that? Some some people don't seem to be able to cultivate the ability to keep their mouth shut. They've always got to say something, always got to respond, always got to retort. No, 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 no. Sometimes people say foolish things, and the best thing to do is just to leave it alone. But there are other times when we need to answer a fool according to his folly, that is, in such a way that it will expose his folly. Help him if he's helpable. And, of course, the question is, how do we know when to do one and how do we know when to do the other? And that requires wisdom. It requires spiritual direction from God. So, on the one hand, you've got people who don't seem to ever be able to bite their lip and not say something. They've got to retort to everything that comes along. You know people like that. Maybe you are one of them, or maybe you have been one, but by the grace of God, you are learning to be different And then there are people who are quiet in every situation, and they never speak up. They never speak a word of truth. They never challenge anyone in their wrong thinking. They never answer a fool according to his folly. And actually, the Bible tells us that we should do both. Sometimes don't. Sometimes do. That's a paradox. You find paradoxes like that through the Bible, and that forces us to think things through more carefully and to come to a better understanding of truth. And we're getting to one of those lists of paradoxes. But before we get there, I want to go back to the list of qualities that we must have in order to serve the Lord successfully and talk about how to develop these spiritual graces. What are they again? By purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. Those are qualities that we need. How do we develop them? Well, I would suggest to you, first of all, you need to ask God for a sincere desire to have them. 
Do you desire purity in your life? Do you desire knowledge, particularly the knowledge of His Word? Do you desire to be a long-suffering person who's patient? Do you desire kindness? Do you desire the operation of the Holy Spirit in your life? You, do you desire sincere love? Do you desire an ability to utilize the word of truth? You, do you desire the power of God working in your life? You, do you desire to be able to wield the weapons of righteousness on the right hand and on the left? I'm talking to some people who just really don't seem to care whether you do or don't. I can't help you cultivate them. And if you don't, you should. At least you should understand that the Bible tells us this is what we ought to have. And if the Bible tells a Christian that this is something you ought to have, then a Christian says, help me to have it, Lord. If you don't have that attitude, then the question is, are you truly a child of God? Christians desire to be what God wants them to be. Christians desire to do what God wants them to do. Christians desire to have the character qualities that God wants them to have so that they can serve Christ, so that they can manifest Christ to others. So begin by asking God to give you a serious desire for these things. And if you have a desire, ask God to increase that desire. In other words, I'm not suggesting that you ask that God grant you purity, knowledge, long-suffering, kindness, the Holy Spirit, sincere love, and so forth, but that he would impart a desire for them to motivate and enable you to pursue them, because this is one of those paradoxes. The things which God commands us to develop in our lives He doesn't just give them to us. He gives us the ability to develop them. That's his design. He did it that way. So we've got to recognize that design and cooperate with it. When it comes to the new birth, regeneration, we can't do anything except just completely fall upon him, trust him to give it to us. He's got to give that to us. That must be imparted. There, there will, of course, first be a Holy Spirit-created desire in that area, too. But when it comes to that, there really isn't anything that we can contribute to the new birth. We can just call out for God to grant it. But when it comes to these qualities in our life... God wants to develop them. He wants us to develop them in cooperation with his Holy Spirit. And the first place is to desire them and to ask that God will motivate us to pursue them and enable us to pursue them. What we're talking about in all of these qualities is what theologians call the doctrine of progressive sanctification. We are regenerated instantly. We are justified instantly. The moment we believe in Christ, we are justified before the judgment bar of God. It's quick and it's done. But when it comes to working the characteristics of Christ-likeness into our lives, that's a lifelong process. 
It's not over and done. It's, Lord, help me. Help me to develop purity. Help me to to increase in my purity, continually putting things out of my life, out of my mind that are impure, and growing in purity. Help me to grow in knowledge. And I'll never get to the end of that. I'm still doing that. I've been doing that all my life, growing in knowledge. And I'm still growing in knowledge. And I still want to grow in knowledge. I still have a desire to grow in knowledge. And so forth. All through this list. Progressive sanctification. And so, number one, ask God for a serious desire for these things in your life. And then number two, develop a sustainable plan. You're not going to make much progress unless... You have a, a program. So how about a daily scheduled Bible reading program? A time for Bible reading and prayer every day in your schedule. And how about a weekly program, a faithful assembly with the saints of God? You're going to do that. You're going to put that into your schedule and make that a priority in your life. How about having a monthly plan to evaluate your performance and make adjustments as needed? You need to develop a plan, a sustainable plan for how you are going to cultivate these qualities as the Holy Spirit enables you to do that. So you need to ask God for a serious desire. You need to develop a sustainable plan, and then you need to persevere in your plan. You've got the plan. You've, you've started working on it, but it's so easy to fall by the wayside. I committed myself to a Bible reading program, but I've dropped out. I committed myself to faithful church attendance, but I've dropped out. No, you've got to persevere in your plan. Keep it up. Keep it up. And trust God for results that come slowly over time. It's kind of like taking vitamins. It doesn't, the, the results don't show up in one or two days or even one or two weeks, but they do show up over a period of time. And the results will be measured in months and years, not days and weeks, but they will come. You will grow in these things if you address it in this way. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.